Are you ready for the Unleashed Tour, where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment? Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex-positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary-pushing acts, shameless sex style. Ever heard of the Slurpee stick shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some dirty talk improv or brat taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. Engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, all you Kwanzaa cuties, Christmas cunts, and Hanukkah hotties? This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. All right, uh, Christmas. I survived Christmas, and so did you. Jews, you, su- you, you survived multiple days of your holiday, and well, Kwanzaa's get, just getting underway, but I have faith in you, too. Uh, what is up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome to the show. If you are unfamiliar with this program, uh, this is a podcast where I typically talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. However, uh, this week's special guest is not one of my former flames. Sometimes that's very important uh, for me to distinguish. Uh, No, I've got on comedian and podcaster and cartoonist and really just super talented person, Jamie Loftus, is on the podcast this week. My, my holidays were good, and I, I'll tell you about my holidays in a little bit. But first, before we do any of that, I want to get to your emails, people, because th- that's, that's who I like to hear from. I like to hear from you. Who the fuck cares about my life, right? Um, this one's titled NYC Advice. It comes from Annabelle. She writes, hi, Billy. First of all, excellent and informative podcast. I discovered it while working abroad and have been a fan ever since. Thank you for all the resources on open and non-monogamous relationships. They were very helpful when my international long-distance partner and I started exploring non-monogamy. I was wondering if you could give me some advice about carving out a lifestyle in a city full of overwhelming choice. I recently moved to NYC for my dream job, and I am finding it, well, rather challenging to assimilate. I've moved internationally several times, so I am no stranger to transitions. But finding a niche in this city is, frankly, challenging. Essentially, I'm a 27-year-old woman and recent law school grad who is incredibly excited to finally have free time and wants to make the most of the city. Do you have any recommendations of things to do, places to check out, groups to explore? They don't have to be sex-related, but they can be. Thank you so much and keep up the good work. Annabelle. Annabelle! 
Welcome to NYC, baby. Uh, the city that both myself and the show Hamilton call the greatest city in the world. Uh, as, as many people know, I'm a big fan of New York. It's history. It's culture. It's 24-hour public transportation. It's homeless people. Big fan. Uh, and I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast. You know, that's awesome. But I got to tell you, there are just so many ways to meet even just a few of the millions of people in NYC. You just got to throw yourself into a group, a meetup, anything. You know, we have, uh, we have, for example, we have endless intramural sports leagues. You want to join a beer pong league? We got that. You want a volleyball league that's specifically LGBT related? We got that too. We got all sorts of stuff. You want to join a bi-weekly knitting club? We've got it. We've got it uh, both with and without drinking involved. Those are separate groups. You can also check your college and law school's alumni offices for NYC events coming up. Uh, meetup.com in particular is very active here. I've personally used it to uh, to find people to play Settlers of Catan and for podcaster meetups. So I highly re- recommend Meetup. And if you're interested in some like sexier meetups, you know, Hacienda is becoming a public facing organization offering classes, um, sex education, social non-sex parties and various experiences. You can check out their website, wearehacienda.com and see if there is an event you like. Not to mention meeting these kinds of people, you know, the types of people who would go to a Hacienda event or someone at Open Love and Why. Let's just say it increases your likelihood to be invited to a variety of play parties. It's not uncommon to go to poly cocktails and someone to introduce themselves to someone else. And then they both look at each other and go like, oh, wait a second. I recognize you. I just didn't recognize you with clothes on. And that's just me. That's just, you know, me saying the, the, the poly and sexy organizations I'm loosely affiliated with. There's all sorts of kink groups, munches, fucking, I don't even, I don't even want to begin to think of it. That's the great thing about New York City. If you're into something, you can find at least seven other people who will do that with you. Of course, uh, you can attend my comedy shows, which if you're signed up for my mailing list, you will be made aware of. Uh, and if seriously all of this fails, just go to a bar and make some friends. And hey, if that doesn't work either, maybe you're shy. I'm always up for someone buying me a drink and we'll see if we can't brainstorm something together. So so welcome to my city, Annabelle. All right. Uh, this next email comes from Kaylee. She says, hi, Billy. I'm a new-ish but an extremely avid and passionate listener of your podcast. I fully support and stand behind the notion of the socialist sex positive movement. I think it is considerably effective on the adolescence of today's society. I've been following the man whore podcast for roughly a month. Now between new episodes, I've been listening uh, into older podcasts. Pretty much your voice has been ever present in my car for the last month. And it gets pretty, a, a pretty neat reaction from passengers. And I heard you saying in older episodes that you were, quote, not polyamorous. I am desperately seeking more information regarding your awareness of transition toward and dully into a non-monogamous individual. I feel myself going the same direction, but would greatly appreciate some insight regarding the transition process or whatever you call it. You know, the move from monogamy 
to staying slutty ethically. Thanks. P.S. I really would like to hear your response. So if you do read this, please look forward to a thank you pierced tit pick. Well, I guess I just, I, I guess, I guess I just have to answer. I have to read this one on air. There's, there's high things at stake right now. There are titty pictures hanging in the balance of this, of the answer to this question. And, and thank you, Kaylee, for writing in. Um, and I'm glad I'm like an, I'm an ever present voice in your car. I love it. That's, that's what I'm going for here is I want to slowly seep into your subconscious until someone says Billy and you accidentally turn your head. That's what I'm going for here. Uh, as to your question, I've definitely believed that I'm non-monogamous since before the podcast. Doing the podcast and meeting and talking to more people, practicing alternative relationship models, I've grown more confident saying that I'm non-monogamous. So I think it was less of a transition in, in thought as much as a transition in confidence about who I am and how I love. In the last year, I've used the word polyamorous to describe myself more, uh, in, in part because of my previous relationship with Paige. Page was, and you know, keyword was past tense, such a poly pocket. When I met her, that like I felt really comfortable exploring that. Uh, you know, I didn't just fuck other people. I went on dates with other women while having a girlfriend. That's something I'd never done before. Because, well, you know, women ran for the hills typically whenever I brought up the idea of them admitting to their parents that they dig me. You know, no, no one really wanted to be the girlfriend. So I always viewed myself as just casually dating. In retrospect, and now that I have some more vocabulary to use, it's some people would call what I was doing just solo poly. So I, I think I knew I was poly, but I wasn't comfortable saying it for a long time because I had never done it. It might be similar to someone who thinks they are gay, but aren't 100% certain until they finally have a gay experience. Ever since I first read the word polyamory in a small newspaper item 10 years ago, a tiny part of me was trying to shout loud enough to be heard. And I'm, I'm really happy to say that I hear that voice loud and clear. So, uh, you know, your, your Pierce titty picture, you can set on over to manwarpod at gmail.com. Everyone else, you are also welcome to send pierced and unpierced titty pictures or other body part pictures. Hey, I love a good smile. Send your comments, your questions, whatever the fuck you want. Send it all over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. I seriously love getting your emails, your tweets, all that stuff. Um, it really, it really makes my day. It's one of my favorite things to see when I wake up in the morning. So there is that. Um, how are my holidays? My holidays are good. I survived Christmas with the family and it, it's weird. It's kind of bittersweet. Some of you may have seen a, uh, a post that I put on the Man Whore Podcast Facebook page. I, I realized out of nowhere that this was my first Christmas with my family since 2013. Kind of crept up on me. Longtime listeners of the show or, or super hardcore binge listeners uh, may remember that I took kind of a break from the Presida clan. I kind of stepped back. Missed a couple Christmases. And then and then last year, I, I was starting to reconnect with my family, but I ended up going to Pittsburgh to be with Paige's family for Christmas. She, you know, she did my Thanksgiving, I did her Christmas. So 
I, I, I just was like, oh my God, I have not woken up Christmas Day with my sisters, with my mom, with my family in years. It's crazy. But it ended up being a good Christmas, you know. Um, didn't get into any major fights. Had some nice conversations. Reconnected with some family members I haven't seen in a while. Uh, got some good gifts. Uh, I think it's safe to say that the whole Billy having holes in his shoes issue is, has been put to rest. Thank you to everyone who's who's thrown some shoes my way. I got I got some nice Timberlands and everything. You know what it is? Is I'm gonna keep the shoes with holes in them though. You know, like as a character thing. Uh, because deep down inside, I am I self-identify as a man with holes in his shoes, even if I now have proper shoe wear. So that's cool. Uh, thanks to everyone who also like rated and reviewed the podcast, shared the show with your friends, uh, and joined us on Patreon in the recent weeks. Thank you so much. I don't know if it was Christmas-related or not, but very much appreciated. But now for this week's guest, Jamie Loftus. Jamie is fantastic. She does a show called The Bechdel Cast. Uh, it analyzes movies using the Bechdel test, which kind of evaluates if a movie is even half attempting to like make women be their own uh, voices and characters in a film. She's also a stand-up comedian. She also tours this uh, great one-woman show about losing her virginity, which we totally get into. And somehow we bring up Pearl Harbor uh, in it. Uh, but yeah, she does a whole lot of great, awesome stuff. And uh, I really think y'all are going to enjoy her. She also wrote a really fantastic piece recently for Paste Magazine. And I thought I would, uh, I would, I would bring it up just in light of the hashtag MeToo movement, of all the sexual allegations going out there. Uh, recently, comedian and, uh, and Silicon Valley star and shit-stained TJ Miller uh, has is, is been called out for some stuff that he did in college and some stuff he's done after college. Like, let's not forget, it was not like some isolated incident over 10 years ago. This is, uh, he's apparently been an asshole many more times since then. And Jamie has a little bit more of a closer connection to the allegations, to TJ Miller in, in general. She wrote a really fantastic piece. I think you will all dig it. It's pretty heavy. Uh, it, it comes with a trigger warning, uh, sexual assault, PTSD, general assholery. There's going to be a link in the show notes. I really encourage you all to check out. The article is titled Make Them Leave. And maybe you can and maybe you can give that a nice read later today. But for now, let's get to me with Jamie Loftus. Oh, I found out um, tonight I'm um, there's like a porn premiere Screw, oh yeah Aton levine's uh hamilton yeah i'm so excited yeah. oh i was i learned about it this morning he's like do you want to close it out? i'm like i can't follow hamilton but i can try like i'm so i'm so excited yeah he oh. needs to have people open for hamilton you can't eat i don't know if i i know i'm like i can't i for and i mean it's gonna be a masterwork yeah <laughs> i'm very excited <laughs> have you have you watched the trailer yet no i'm going in completely blind oh trailer's good really yeah totally safe for work youtube friendly but you get a sense of like oh they really like made songs it is a musical right yeah i honestly would be down to buy just the soundtrack yeah like i don't even need to see the fucking like i would the songs seem like they're gonna be fun <laughs> i'm i'm excited to see it it reminds me of um final flash what was final flash 
uh, Final Flesh was this really, it's like, I think it was made in like 08 or 09, but it was by Vernon Chapman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically just found all these places in the valley that would produce, uh, porn scripts that he'd written for a couple thousand dollars and like got a few investors to let him do it. And they're like these really cheap porn parodies of like, there's a great one about like a woman lays an egg and her husband becomes angry. And it just like, and it's these like porn actors who are just like so half committed to it. And she's like, look, I laid an egg. And he's like, bitch, I am mad. Like it's, (laughs) it's so, it's like a feature length movie of, the, like all these vignettes of these horrible porn parodies. It sounds like the beginning of like the alt scene. Just like, yeah, he lays an egg in this porno and now like he's angry and now people fuck. Right. For no <laughs> reason. We don't know. It doesn't have to make sense. It's hypersexual. It's commenting on something. It's, <laughs> on something. Something. Keyword we don't something. know. <laughs> That's a fun cop out. It's commenting on something. It's unclear. Do you have any particular favorite porn parodies that you've maybe seen? No, I haven't seen a lot of, of porns. I'm not fine. Not a porn person. I'm not a porn person. I like you in your Harvard hoodie sweatshirt. Not heart. a porn this person. Is, no. no, this is oh, a, this I didn't is see. a Unabomber. Mm. I didn't. I, I, I didn't go, I didn't go to Harvard. <laughs> it's hard to wear the sweatshirt out. You're, it's a, yeah, constantly sending the the wrong message if people can't recognize Ted Kaczynski on site. Right. <laughs> uh, well, this is a good time to say I'm I'm here right now with comedian and uh, and uh, Jill of all trades, uh, Jamie Loftus. Everybody, Hi. yeah. Hi, my you, mom's name is Jill. Your na- your mom's name is Jill. Ah, yeah. Does she also do a lot of different trades, such as yourself? Um, she no, she she's a second grade teacher and she hits on fishermen at the docks. Hot. Those are her top two into <laughs> it. Top two things that she does. Get those dock workers. I've got a I've got a full on dock mommy and I love it. A dock mommy is that she's what they call them? Mommy. She's always. I saw her the other day. Is she? Uh, she's always like quote unquote like doing her bills in her car parked at the docks and then just meets all sorts of like fishermen mom where are you at i'm just doing my bills at the dock my mom would do a it's, similar yeah. thing where like we'd be home late at night uh, after my parents like had separated mm-hmm. and it'd be like we 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 just texting her be like mom when are you coming home she's like i'm out with my golf partners be like mom it's midnight no one's like, playing fucking what golf is that yeah i know what you're doing yeah my mom i i love I love how she conducts herself. Like I, it's inspiring. We go so there's this like bar near where she lives in Marshfield, Massachusetts, which is like a big old fishing town. Mm. And the, the big bar in that town is called Haddad's, which is a very New England fisherman. Haddad. Haddad's. H a d d a d s. I feel like there's some R's missing. Haddad. Haddad's. Uh, there's, <laughs> uh, so we'll go into Haddad's, and my mom is always like. I've never paid for a drink at Haddad's before. And she, as far as I've seen, has never paid for a drink at Haddad's. People are addicted to her. She's literally the queen of fishing town USA. People love her. Your parents are divorced? My parents are separated. They've been separated for 10 years. Ah, just can't pull the trigger on the the piece of paper? No, because it would make my my life and my brother's life easier. So they're like, let's hold off. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my parents separated and got back together five times over the course of eight years before they really finalized the thing. What does that mean? Does that mean that they really loved each other, that they kept getting back together? Or just bad cycle kind of thing. I mean, there's like funny answers that I would say on stage. But like the real thing was I I remember asking my dad during one of the many separations 
And my parents have been together since they were like teenagers. Oh, they met okay. in like high school or yeah. while my dad was failing high school, my mom was getting ready to go to like nursing school and be like a real person. Of course. Uh, <laughs> That's how those things go. He, he, he explained to me and one of my sisters, he's like, your mother is my first love. My parents, it was such an easy separation where it was just like, do you, what? Like they're, they're best friends and they my mom had dated my dad's best friend in high school and then he uh i think he cheated on her and then she was just like well i guess i'm gonna date mike now uh i think maybe to make him jealous but then he wasn't jealous and then she was like well i guess i'm gonna marry mike now (laughs) and they're just like they're they like drink coffee together every morning and my my dad like takes care of my mom's dog. They're just like friends. They should have just been friends. I don't you know all, what they, they were doing. They still for live in the same years. house. No, uh my mom my mom moved away. My dad still lives in the house I grew up in, but she my mom is a teacher in my hometown, so she she stops at my dad's every morning um cuz it's near where she works and they'll like drink coffee and hang out i don't know i mean that's at least cool that they can be civil i oh they're like they're they're tight i feel like they get along way better now uh that they don't have to pretend to be in love yeah (laughs) it's great yeah but they live like in similar area like they live like within a 15 minute drive type of thing like they're they're close close by by, yeah yeah which is nice yeah my parents are close by too they're like my dad's new place is 20 minutes ish away Mm -hmm. and my what causes when they get divorced my dad like freaks out he's like your mom's like coming into my new town and like trying to come to my (laughs) new bars yeah he's like look i moved out of the turf but the piermont's my place Mm-hmm. And like you can have Norwood in the Northern Valley. <laughs> and so he was like for a while he was trying to like try to convince us kids that like my mom was like actively trying to go to bars just to piss them off. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's everything is a retaliation against someone else. Yeah. My dad. Yeah. My dad's been sober for 400 years. Wow. So my mom's free to go to had ads and live her best life and get those doc men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure all my dad does is like hang out with his girlfriend and watch hockey. Like he's he's a, there's no overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, a similar interest in doc men? In Docmen? I've never been interested in Docmen. There was one point where uh, me and my mom were both dating someone with the same first name as my dad. And, <laughs> and all five of us went to my grandma's funeral together. <laughs> and it was like just a car full of very somber mics. And yeah. we're just like, this is, this is probably not good. Uh, but so, so yeah, that How was, was the funeral a, itself with that dynamic. Very chill. No, it was, it was, uh, I mean, it was sad, but it was, I mean, just because of funerals, not because of mics, mm-hmm. the mics all very well behaved. They were, yeah, yeah. they killed it. Mm. All three of them. I just imagine the warm up person at the funeral be like, Hey, so anyone fucking a mic in the room and just there, <laughs> there's, they misspelled, uh, my, my dad, okay. my dad's super funny and he, for, it was his his mom who passed away and we mm. like all loved her it was very sudden but he was like he was just like do you want me to put your twitter handle in the pro- program oh, the funeral program yes. and i was like why he's like well i'm gonna put mine so hey. he did so i have it they first of all they misspelled my name but they did get my twitter handle well that's right, on so. that's what's important it's, yeah we just, always be signal boosting always yeah. we were abp those, always be promoting it's like jamie loudis will be reading a bible verse and then it just sent my twitter <laughs> handle underneath it. 
Did like, you get any mentions? Get any new followers? No one took any pics. It's like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. There was the point of even going. It's like, if you don't take pictures of the funeral and post them on social media, is your grandmother even dead? Right. She's yeah. probably still alive. They're oh, <laughs> RIP. Yeah. Um, no, I think, and also, I think my grandma would have thought that was funny if she knew what Twitter was. Unclear. <laughs> Unclear. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty fun. Uh, so not, no similar, no, no similar interest in Dockman, but no, Mike's and Mike's. Yeah, do you have an otherwise type? Do you have a different profession you target? Um, I mean, kind of just like that. I just end up dating a lot of comedians because I don't know where to find people who don't do that. Uh, so just strictly based on proximity, it's, uh, usually ends up being a lot of, a lot of comedians. And how, how's that go over for you? I, I get um, a lot of like mixed reactions. It's, I mean, it's horrible, but it's, but, it, but it's good in that I can usually, uh, remain like friends with people that I've mm. dated. Cause we have to like go into it with that understanding of like, even if this does not go well, like mm. we're going to have to see each other all the time. Uh, so I think that like having that has sort of hardwired me to be more thoughtful in ways that maybe I wouldn't be if it's like, ah, well, I don't have to see you again. I'm just going to yell at you. Like, <laughs> uh, but when I'm dating someone who does the same thing I do, it's like, well, I, I can't, I can't just yell at you. You know, no. you can't. Well, cause uh, you know, you meet some people who have like, they have the, um... They have the philosophy of like, I'll never date comedians or I only date comedians. You know? I think both of those are pretty misguided. Yeah. They're, I, I don't only date comedians. I feel like I do more often than not, but it's just because like that's how I tend to meet people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't understand the like, I only date comedians. I'm like, do you just like want to be wildly unhappy? Like, do, <laughs> do you, are you just addicted to emotional baggage? Like, what's your problem? I had my best friend, uh, for a while was like, I, I, I get like, it's like, oh, you want to, do, do you want to mention your best friend's Twitter handle? Uh, just. Oh yeah, I, I feel like anyone. Drop it. Yeah, I think like anyone we mentioned, we should be throwing out just a little plugs for them. You know? Yeah, just. just can, if yeah. you can be so and so seventy seventh follower, that'd be really nice for them. <laughs> I don't want any comedians <laughs> to hear this and then be like, "Oh, she only dates comedians because I think she should uh, break that habit." And if she's uh -huh. doing it. She's doing a good job. She's sure. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but she went through like this whole phase where she's like, "I don't think anyone could understand me, but a comedian." And it's like. I don't know about that. That's that's a bleak reality, if true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I could I could take them or leave them. They're fine. What's like the top three worst things about dating a comic? As a comic, well, I would top say. Three. I mean, yeah, it's part of it's me because I'm like I think that it's like you you're just obnoxious in the same ways uh, sometimes, and mm. that's grating for you, the other person, and everyone you know. Uh, so that's weird um i i guess i don't really go for people who like can't turn it off you know mm -hmm. where they're like i need to be always abg always be goofing <laughs> <laughs> out there like there there's i have a few like friends who it's like sometimes it's like well we have to we have to tap out at like two hours because it's just it gets exhausting yeah uh so that's not fine um i don't know um so, three things 
they're yeah arbitrary number you could do two you could do seven they're all the kind of the yeah, same yeah it's right? like let me take out my fucking scroll of things i don't like about the men around me i keep it in my back pocket all the time or actually it's judging by your social media you could just pull up your twitter feed and just read that off it seems to be right yeah, similar. yeah, yeah. Uh, you do have the advent calendar of uh recently disgraced men i do <laughs> yeah uh, I, well, the last thing I guess for dating comics would just be like any sort of weird, like, I don't know. I, I would like to be dating someone who you feel like can be fully happy for you if you like have a win and you can be fully happy for them. And it's like just hard when you do the same thing. Right. Cause like they got this spot and I didn't or they booked that thing and I, you know, they, right. they turned me down or. Right. You know. And in your head, you can be like, that is amazing. That's really exciting. And I'm going to keep saying that. But there's always that little like kernel in your head where you're like, man. And that's the, but that's the fucked up part of like us. Like that's just the fucked Horrible. up part of being yeah, it's, performers. Yeah. Because yeah, at the end of the day, there's always a little part that's going to be you number one. I, I, yeah. Which is like uh, preservation. I don't know. But I, it makes me feel, it, it, even selfishly, it makes me feel like a bad person. Yeah. And you want to be with someone you like and be like, I'm. A nightmare and like i don't know i try to lean into the i'm a bad person and i just oh, warn that them always up front. Works. <laughs> yeah. i just go like look i am a dumpster fire and i'm always mm-hmm. gonna try to be better but i'm mostly gonna fail you want in <laughs> <laughs> and then you extend the contract and yeah, yeah. the whole bit <laughs> uh yeah yeah tell, tell me about the uh the advent calendar i'm having fun uh one, one of them stepped down today one of them, I oh, know, yeah, 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 Al Franken. Uh, R.I.P. His career. Two, I since I started because I I drew all the I I like made cuts and I finished it earlier this week, like the whole calendar, all the guys. Are you uh, selling the calendar? Is it like going to be a real calendar? No, it's just kind of like living on social media. Sure. Um, I do I do calendars every year, but the one I did for 2018 is um, <laughs> I really love it. It's uh, Stedman Graham and Jeffrey Garten just like hanging around. Stedman Stedman Ste- Graham. Oh, it's totally fine. Totally fine. It's, okay. It's a niche thing. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Stedman is Oprah's boyfriend. Oh, and okay. like the top. I always assumed Stedman was, I always assumed that was a last name. No, Stedman sounds like a last name. Who names a kid Stedman? Stedman is iconic. I love him so much. He has like written all these books about public speaking, but it's like, have we ever heard you speak? No. Like, what are you talking like? What are he's out there talking about something? We don't know. He literally only lives in my mind as a name as a reference in comedians jokes from the last couple decades i love you (laughs) gotta get into stedman there's all these great like (laughs) he has these little ways that he asserts himself that you're like wow stedman that's like pretty savage but also very classy like what there's there's this great picture of him uh oprah's having a pajama party of some sort in one of her many large homes and stedman you know lives there as well and so there's a picture of all oprah's friends in matching pajamas and then stedman's also there and he's wearing a suit and it's pretty dope it's like the i was like stedman's his own man and nothing says it better than Oprah's pajama party and Stedman wearing a suit. Like, but what like, time of day was that? Taken? But like, was it his decision, or did Oprah said, "Oh, babe, go put on a suit; it'll be really funny." Like, what if what if I, she really is the mastermind? <laughs> I hope Stedman makes a call every once in a while. But then, and then Jeffrey Garten is like, is Ina Garten's husband, Barefoot Contessa? Who's, who's Ina? Barefoot Garten? Contessa. What's Barefoot Contessa? 
What? Come on. Okay. I'm looking over <laughs> at, like over my shoulder at Izzy for like confirmation. Or... Like, huh. uh, Contessa, super famous uh, Food Network personality. Mm-hmm. Like I would say like Flay level. Flay level, not Fieri level of fame. <sighs> okay. Because Guy Fieri is probably the top and then fall by Flay. I- Slash Barefoot Contessa. And then we get down to our uh, Giadas. We get down to our Emerald Agassis and all that. Anyways. Whoever uh, those people are. And then a little bit lower. I don't think I can afford to eat any of their food. Yeah, but you could. (laughs) Except for Bobby Flay Burger Palace. If I'm using my my membership points at Mohegan Sun that I've earned losing lots of money, Uh I can get myself free burgers there. That's Bobby Flay's Burger Palace? They have a Burger Palace in Mohegan Sun where I was introduced. Uh And I don't think they have one in New York yet. But they have them like sprinkled around the country. I like Bobby Flay, but I hate myself for it. Why? Because he is for sure an asshole and a nightmare. Uh, but he's fun to watch. I hate it. Anyways. Well, uh, ma- marry, fuck, kill. Real quick. Marry, fuck, kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guy Fieri, Bobby Flay, Mario Batali. Oh, Mario Batali. I'd have to marry Mario Batali for sure. Okay. Uh, I think fuck guy kill Bobby. I fuck think that guy that's, kill Bobby? and that's nothing against Bobby. Just really, you fuck great, Guy Fieri. I'd go fuck Guy Fieri. Hey, you know what? He's a great. He seems like a nice person. <laughs> a nice person. That's what <laughs> he reason. seems like a nice person. <laughs> oh, okay. I think we would have fun. I, you know, I, I think that I said ma- marry fuck kill, not like marry cuddle kill. That's. I would, I would, I would fuck him. I would do it. Okay. But I have to marry Mario Batali. And why is that? Because he's great. I've read some of his books. Uh, he like I do don't cookbooks know. count as reading? Or? He has like memoirs. Or it's like a real too. book. Yeah, he's like great. With words, yes. but okay. but uh, Jeffrey Garden. I'm just talking about my favorite betas. So, <laughs> like, I, mean, like I only brought, I only brought Mary Batali because his cousin listens to the show, and I wanted no give way. Her, yeah, <gasps> to give her like a shout out. Rules. Yeah. yeah, he's the best. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jeffrey Garden, I have these like wild theories about because he's Ina Garten's husband. He comes in at the beginning and end of most Barefoot Contessa episodes because she's, you know, she's in charge. She's very much in charge. And she's just like, today we're making uh, scallops with a sauce thing on it. This is Jeffrey's favorite. And then we like cut to Jeffrey. He's like behind a desk (laughs) doing something. He's like, it's my favorite. Like he's so... quiet he's working on something you don't know what but he's, he's got working a little curly gray mop top he's so cute i gotta and you're I'm just, gonna pull him up because i gotta see this you're but. gonna freak out okay. and there's there but then you do the research on jeffrey because sometimes she's like i'm so proud of jeffrey he's doing great at work and you find out that he garton garton okay. yeah he used to be on wall street in the oh, 80s he's adorable i know but i think that he's killed people for money that's the like He's the that unsuspecting Garden. one. Yeah, he gets in the elevator, and you would never at, think he's like gonna... Lehman Brothers or something in the eighties on Wall Street. He's got blood on his hands, and then and and the barefoot Contessa was working for the government in like a secret for a while, and it's just like something's going on there. Uh-huh. The barefoot Contessa empire is built on dirty L- Wall Street dirty money and blood and blood mm-hmm. and the pain of poor people. <laughs> And maybe well, I her name. The, the show's flesh. called Barefoot Contessa. I don't know who she what is. What is that? I would mean? imagine yeah. she's, just, she's barefoot stepping on poor people's faces. 
Uh, and that's how they make the ingredients. It's like that Lucy. Style. It's like I Love Lucy, which with the grapes, except yeah. it's like grapes. She's she's crushing poor people's heads. I would not want to get on their bad side. Uh-huh. I think that they're they're so, so much we should fun delete to this watch, right now. Uh. But I'm but I think that I I fully think that Ina Garden would just snap someone's neck without thinking about it. Um, and I think that Jeffrey Garden would, um, I don't think he would kill someone. I think he's probably a coward. Uh, but I think he would hire someone to kill someone else. Wow. So anyways, the calendar's Stephen and Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, and I've tried, I've like tried to pitch this piece to people before and, and it, there's either they're like, you're insane or they're like, if true, no one wants to know. It's like one of those, it's one of the last taboos mm. is, is the barefoot Contessa empire built on wall street money. Wow. Yes, it is. How I've, could it not I be? I feel like I'm, I'm in like, danger. Yes. I feel like I'm in danger if I release this. I the listen, truth might get out there. Wall Street is not far away. You could be targeted by an associate of Jeffrey's, not Jeffrey himself. Jeffrey's never shot a gun. <laughs> there, I oh God, okay, I'm all worked up <laughs> oh, <laughs> thinking no. about Jeffrey. No, like in a good, I'm, I'm good, activated. Oh, you're like, you're like, I'm activated. Up, you're, I didn't activated. realize, yeah, I'm fully activated. <laughs> Wait, fully activated what you use to say turned on? Is that? No, I okay. just I'm like I'm operating at the height of my powers right gotcha. now. Height of your powers. <laughs> the height of my powers well, have been activated. Well, you have many powers because, like, on top of being oh, just to let you know, Izzy never oh my refills God. my water. <laughs> never. This <laughs> doesn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> uh, for anyone who can't see, because this is an audio medium, the intern came over and grabbed her empty glass to just refill with water. Thanks, Izzy. Um. May I also have some water, please? Yes. Thank you. Wow, Izzy exploitation. Not fair. <laughs> um, I'm going to start advocating for rights. Advocating for uh, well, You have many powers. because, like, So you're a cartoonist. You're a stand-up comedian. You also do this great podcast called The Bechdel Cast. Yeah. Um, which I, I listened to this week. I was like, oh, this was fun. This is great. Because like, uh, I was telling her, like, A League of Their Own. Love that movie, yeah. right? Oh, great Ju- movie. With Julia Clare. Oh, that was a great episode. She's the best. It was a combo. I was like, oh, there's someone I follow on Twitter and a movie that I like. Yeah. Let's listen to this one. Oh, man. Julia's uh, the best. Yeah. Yeah. That but, was a fun episode. But like a, a movie that I love and I understand like its significance in certain manners, like the way y'all talked about it, gave different lenses that like I haven't thought of before. And I was like, oh, inter- like how, you know, Tom Hanks' character is like more dynamic than than probably the other characters. I was like, I never right. even thought about that where you go like, he's not even supposed to be the main person or something. So, right. Yeah. yeah it was- or it's like a movie about women. The character most people remember is a guy. Yeah. Um, do you, do you want to tell people what the Bechdel cast is about? Sure. Uh, so the Bechdel cast is, I uh, do it every week with my uh, dear friend, Caitlin Durante, who's also a wonderful stand up comedian. Uh, we've been doing it for a year and we use the Bechdel test, which is uh, the test in movies uh, that made up by Alison Bechdel, um, where it requires that two female characters with names have to talk to each other about something other than a man for exactly two lines of dialogue. That's it. And yeah, most That's major releases lo- do not. Oh, right, that. right. Like, no. It's crazy. Uh, so. We use that sort of wow. as like a, a ground to discuss uh, just how women are represented in movies in general. And it's good. I mean, it does like it does fuck up some movies that I liked. Um, but it's it's cool. Like, it's cool to watch those like 
movies I've seen, whatever, 20 times with like a very specific lens because there's, I mean, there's always a ton of shit to unpack. We just did an episode on Die Hard. Um, oh, where... what are you talking about? Die Hard doesn't pass? What? It does. Wait, it does? Die Hard did... Yeah, we when? were like really pleasantly surprised with Die Hard. When? It passes like three times in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And then there's like only six female characters. First and one. Five first of them Die are Hard, hostages. Right? Yeah. The, the Christmas uh, classic. The, the Christmas <laughs> film Die Hard. <laughs> I, I, but yeah, there's like a scene where um holly talks to her daughter there's a scene where holly talks to her housekeeper and there's a scene where holly talks to her female co-worker uh-huh. uh all in like the first 10 minutes of the movie if die hard passes the bechdel test mm-hmm. i think that the standard needs to be raised to more than two lines because like you it's can for sure a flawed test but like that's yeah that's like the last thing we talk about in every episode because it's like there are really movies that are uh bad for women that pass the Bechtel test sort of by accident. Yeah. Um and and you know great movies that don't pass it by far. I think it's a bigger deal that it when it doesn't pass at all than sure. when it does cuz there's some where it's like okay, I guess technically a waitress with a name tag asked Uma Thurman what she wanted for lunch and she said eggs so it passes but there's some there's a lot where it's like truly skin of its teeth kind of stuff what made you want to even start that this type of a podcast uh it was uh caitlin brought the idea to me a little more than a year ago um we had known each other when we started doing comedy in boston Mm -hmm. um so we'd known of each other and then both lived in la and caitlin is like has seen every movie is like a huge movie buff and i think she approached me because i have seen at that time it was i'd seen like nothing and yeah i like don't i especially before i got properly medicated i was not paid i didn't have like a feature length attention span so i like couldn't watch movies so uh she was like i think it'd be fun to have a she said it more politely than this, but she was like, I think it'd be fun to have a co-host that's never seen a, f- a fucking mo- thing in their lives. So I was like, what, oh, great, cool. What was the less polite way? There is, uh, I don't know, she could have like uh, stabbed me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but so th- so that's, uh, she, she brought me the idea because uh, there's, I mean, there's like five trillion movie sure. podcasts and not one with this exact perspective and it was a uh, it was a good challenge and it was like I now I've seen uh, at least fifty two more movies than I had previously yeah so that's good wait so you're seeing a lot of these movies for the first time usually sometimes uh, occasionally I'll get to I'll, Jamie will get to do a little pick and <laughs> we did an episode on Phantom of the Opera two thousand four that I was really losing we, my shit we over we were talking about before this started <laughs> it's so. It's, I love that movie so much, and I love Phantom of the Opera in general. And uh, uh, was it Emmy Rossum also? Emmy Rossum and Gerard okay. Butler. Oh. Underage Emmy Rossum and 35-year-old Gerard Butler. And Patrick Wilson in an early impressive uh, role for him. Anyways, I could go on, but no, Mini Driver steals the show. Great movie. <laughs> love it. Uh, Joel Schumacher is uh, <laughs> a filmic terrorist. Like He's terrible. Okay. Um, but yeah, so occasionally I'll get to do that. I got to pick Phantom of the Opera. I got to pick Geely. I got to pick School you wait, of Rock. You watched Geely? I've seen Geely. Geely, the beginning times. of the downfall of Ben Affleck? 
I Jiggly, the reason that, no one saw Jersey Girl. I I well we we, we want to do a follow up with the, with our same guest uh, for yeah I'd seen Jiggly three times with our guest on that episode so it was I was just like you can't sorry we're sure. doing Jiggly I have an expert we've watched it three times this week we have to do G-. and so we did Jiggly and it was very uh, if you can imagine. Not a progressive film for one of two movies Ben Affleck has starred in where he quote unquote cures a lesbian uh, and she ends up dating him. It's a fucking nightmare. The other one being my absolute favorite movie, Chasing Amy, uh, which is my litmus test for dating someone is they have to sit through watching Chasing Chasing Amy. Amy. (laughs) It's weird. That movie's weird. We should do an episode on that one because it's like there are there are parts of that movie that are so great. And then but then it's like. Uh, but then Ben Affleck, like, why? What is it about Ben Affleck that would make anyone think like this is going to be worth really selling out the entire LGBT community? Like, it's just, oh god, I that movie it. was nominated for a Glad Award. But he, I don't know, I haven't seen it in a while. But there's, there, the fact that there's two major releases where he cures a lesbian. Sure. Is, I didn't know that's what Jiggly was but, about. All I know is it grossed like two million dollars. Mm-hmm. It, it, well, yeah, no one. <laughs> All I know is a does flop. anyone truly know what Geely is about? Besides Other than Jamie Loftus, me. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, Geely really corner the market on Geely podcast episodes. I bet the the crazy. Okay, you'll so own that SEO term. There, I there's oh master of disguise. That's one I've been trying to push through that I haven't gotten Caitlin to approve yet. With uh. Dan Mar- Harvey. Oh, Dan Harvey's yeah, one. Yeah. Dan tur- Harvey's one big chance. Is and he the- fucking blew it. <laughs> is that the turtle turtle? That's the turtle turtle. Okay. Did I- you know that scene was shot on 9-11? No. The real 9-11? <laughs> the real one. The real. Not the not the fake one the Jews did, right? Oh, no. <laughs> hot take. Uh, no, like on September 11, 2001, there's... If I, I went through this big phase with Master Disguise where I wrote a bunch of essays about it. Um, cause I was just, I, I used to work at the Boston Globe and I was miserable. So I would like just write about Master Disguise, write these long essays about it, uh, for no one, for <laughs> myself. And, uh, there was one point where I wait, had- Wait, wait, when were you writing pieces, plural- on Master of Disguise Seven for the pieces. Boston Globe. I made a big, I made a big week of it. <laughs> it was exciting. <laughs> it wasn't for the Boston Globe. I oh. was, uh, I was working there at the time. I used to work as like a culture writer sure. um, for them, and I was just like, oh, like I, it was just like not, not a good job. But this uh, is like recently, not like two years ago. Yeah. Okay, this, you weren't <laughs> like a fifth grade prodigy. Um. No, no, no. I was twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like. <laughs> It was like the Globe was going through this phase where they're like, we like young people now. <laughs> but they were just hiring all these uh, unqualified people. And sure. I was one of them. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, it worked out for yeah. a while. Uh, but yeah, I was like writing about the Master of Disguise all the time. And I managed to track down what I was told. I don't think this could possibly be true. But what I was told was one of the last copies of the Master of Disguise on DVD in all of New England because we drove quite a ways to get it. And on the on the commentary track, they say, like, when the turtle turtle scene comes up, it gets very quiet on the commentary track. And you hear, like, Dana Carver, you say, like, well, yeah, this would have been the day, wouldn't it? And I was like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, this scene was actually shot on September 11th. And we didn't know if we, because it was shot in Los Angeles. And he was like, we didn't know if we should uh, keep it because... Uh, Okay, hold. So nine eleven would be in Cal- and West Coast time would be like 
really like six, early seven in the morning. Yeah. Right. And like so they're like, we'd been shooting all night. We've been shooting the turtle turtle scene all night and we were getting to the biggest joke. And then we found out that nine 11 had happened. And, uh, yeah, we thought about maybe shutting production down for the day, but, uh, we're running out of money, so uh, we just took a ten-minute break, we, we turtle, a moment turtle. of silence, and we started filming the turtle turtle scene again. <laughs> just like this is fucking bananas. At minimum, it's shoot so a different crazy. scene, like shoot something else. Can't do it. Yeah, Can't it's like do it. Uh, movie magic has to be made. Sure. You, God, a te- the ten-minute break really gets me. If they're like, guys, the like the world has changed forever. Take 10, and then we've got to get Dana Carvey back in this turtle suit. <laughs> can't wait. Oh, no. Was, yeah. Oh, no. Um, wow. What's a, what's a movie that has been ruined for you been ruined. doing this podcast? Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. It's I, I'm not attached to too many movies. It was, it was tough to hear Phantom of the Opera uh, torn apart quite so viciously but it is uh it is a pretty regressive story uh what's another one uh we've done we've done titanic twice now but guess what it always does great uh so that feels great um I don't know. Yeah, there's School of Rock was a, was a a little bit of a tough one. Yeah. Um, and then movies I liked in high school, like I used to really yeah. like Super Bad, and obviously that was a fucking disaster. Um, as would any Judd Apatow joint. Uh, well, you didn't you didn't like Super Bad? I loved it oh. when it came out. You don't like it watching it again now? No, it's mm. hard to watch now. <laughs> it's pretty hard to watch. Uh, with when you're watching it, like with the intent of oh, well, what's the portrayal of women? With Super the, bad's impossible with to the, get through. With that intent, yeah, but just like in general, rewire or is every movie that you watch now with it's, it's, this it's, lens? Of it's it. sort of and, rewired my brain a little bit. And when you watch, does it make you go, "Well, if it doesn't pass, it's a terrible film," or no. do you just go like, "This isn't the best portrayal of women," but like also this is like a really great classic like uh again the test is like not the biggest part of it but it's like now that um and and caitlin i mean (laughs) i feel like it impacts her life more because she likes watching movies and i'm like well i do i watch a movie once a week um but yeah i mean it's kind of like permanently changed the way that i've watched movies where i'm paying very close attention to stuff like that and i previously you know, didn't watch movies at all, but now it's like revisiting movies I used to really like when I was a kid. Uh, and like, I don't, yeah, it's, it's hard to turn off. Like we did a bonus episode on how the Grinch stole Christmas and you would think you're like, well, you, I can just watch how the Grinch stole Christmas, yeah. but you can't, you can't. It's once you flip it on, you cannot flip it off, which is probably a good thing, but, uh, but it, it is, it's uh, it's sad sometimes. You're just like, man, why is why is the Grinch a misogynist? Why why is the Grinch is he? women? Wait, how In is the how's Jim the... Carrey one? They're it's okay. a PG movie. Like how? Yeah, I, how... well, that's the worst part. Is like some of some movies that do really bad. I mean, we've done we haven't done a lot of them, but like the Disney movies are well, Disney movies are universally bad. Dog shit, for... But like, how's the Grinch have an opportunity in stealing all those presents to also like you know be it's, mean to women? It's just a lot of bad Jim Carrey improv. Okay, uh, but but yeah, like he's he's he yells at women. He's just that whole movie. You're just like, why is he? No, what? Uh. Why is what? Why why is the Grinch objectifying people? What's happening? Uh, but there are great scenes in that movie. 
movie with Lil Grinch, who I'm addicted to. I'm oh, obsessed with Lil Grinch. <laughs> right, right. The little the little Muppet where he's oh god he falls out of the sky you're like this is so scary <laughs> this is have you, do you remember the little Grinch puppet? oh I, I haven't actually watched <laughs> the Jim Carrey version it. I just was thinking about the Grinch as a character I so I was just thinking oh. about the story and I didn't know Jim you know I didn't know what Jim really did with it oh uh, you yeah, know no, nothing uh, to to nothing I was reading for when I was doing research for that episode I like usually go back and read um how it was originally reviewed which is also sometimes misogynist sure um but I, I was reading all these reviews of how the Grinch stole Christmas and all of them are none of them say Jim Carrey does a good job but all of them say man Jim Carrey is really doing his best and he's giving it his all he's giving he it 125 percent and oh this is like more committed than i've ever seen an actor be but oh. then proceeds to not compliment him in any way he's just right. like well he sure was playing the grinch <laughs> like, <laughs> he was in fact green so. he was extremely green yeah. and hairy and just screaming like he was uh fully in it it's interesting you know having to go back uh, and watch stuff whether it be like movies or for me like stand-up specials sure. oh, yeah. decades later mm-hmm. and watching through a more progressive right-minded lens right and trying to be like oh and trying to like r- try to like wrestle with like can i still enjoy this and acknowledge like this is not good here this is not good there mm-hmm. but like overall it's still fu- like for example funny or a good film or a good book or right. whatever it is i mean we're and then and that's not even taking into account all the uh, terrible things people have done, have who have created stuff we oh, used to some enjoy. Some people who it's just like, you know? well, we can't with that anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It's a it's a tough time. I I don't know. Stand up specials are tricky. I mm-hmm. I because there's. I mean, I guess that there are some that I'll revisit, but for the most part, it's like uh, I don't know if I would want to watch a stand up special much later than. Five years after it came because by that point it's just like oh the world is just in a fully different place at this point and almost as like a self-preservation thing I'm like i don't want to see a comic that i enjoy say something that is probably not okay to say yeah. now uh-huh. and if you go back too far like it will just with few exceptions like i don't think that there's any maria bamford special that has aged poorly uh but but there's you know there's like certain comics where you're just like yeah i can't i can't just watch an eddie murphy special from the 80s without never being able to like you know you just can't those are the only the only specials i personally have i cringe is is delirious and raw and those especially because those were my favorite in high school my sure, delirious yeah. was my fucking. Fa- I, Eddie wasn't my favorite comedian. I'm like he's not my favorite comedian, but like that's my favorite special. Mm-hmm. And then you know I didn't watch it for like a decade, and I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah, you can't. What? <laughs> you can't. There's a Ugh. there's a really great. Um, have you seen? There's like a Billy on the Street segment. I guess this was maybe over a year ago now, oh. where. Uh, uh, Billy Eichner is dressed up like Mark Twain and like the conceit of the game is like, hey, uh, th- we're going to play a game called Mark Twain quote or Eddie Murphy quote. And you think it might be hard for <laughs> a Mark Twain quote or just like a horrendously homophobic thing <laughs> Eddie Murphy has said. He's dressed like Mark Twain and just screaming horrible things Eddie Murphy said. That's What's great. crazy is like Delirious has so much bad 
just so much stuff that it get, and it's not it's even disgusting. it's not yeah. the words even because sometimes i can well, it's the words no no there's the words, <laughs> it's the words. okay here's my perspective on it okay. here's my 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 take my two cents on it is that sometimes it's not the words sometimes that's the parlance used when it was used not that it's like great mm. but I, when you're looking the next level underneath like what the the feeling and intention was mm-hmm. like oh no like he hates and is genuinely literally scared of gay people was like well my girlfriend's gonna go kiss her gay friend on the lips and come home with aids on her lips like and then kiss me and i'm like oh like it's actual yeah. homophobia like really rooted at like like there's barely fucking in the soul of it like wait, there's barely a joke written it's just like straight up hate speech that was palatable to a lot of people at mm-hmm. that time you're just it's yeah it's fucking upsetting yeah uh yeah no, I didn't know anything about stand up before I started. Yeah. So I don't I have very little context for it. Um, you just kind of just jumped on the stage and didn't uh, like you hadn't like you hadn't like been like watching. Did you have like favorite comics or I had a few like I had my point of entry for it was that I liked comedy bang bang a lot. Okay. I knew that much. I knew I liked Maria Bamford. Uh and that was sort of all I knew. <laughs> and um so yeah, I was like this was when I was in college. I just like I was a radio major, and so I I was like too nervous to be on stage. But I was getting good at just talking, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, I, I think I'm you know ready. I'm gonna try it, and so then I ended up uh, trying it, and then I, that's what I've been doing ever since. Okay, yeah, it's kind of a boring yeah. story. <laughs> there sure. was no there's like no, green no light, quest. like oh my, yeah, no. I was like, oh, I'll try this. Sure. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll do this uh, forever. I Wait. mean, there was like other moments where it's like, this is what I want to do. But was was uh, was the one woman show uh, one of the things you like? Were like, I want to do or um, sort of. I there there's a lot of stuff that I it's sort of just like think is a funny idea and i'm like you know what? i would actually like to commit uh, hundreds of hours of work to this and uh just m- make it actually happen uh the one woman show i've been doing was re- like suggested to me as a joke um and then was sort of i talk about it a little bit in the show and it's like hyperbole but there, it was suggested to me as a joke by my friend who works at uh cracked mm-hmm. and i was like oh that was fine like I, maybe i'll throw a party for it shows about losing my virginity mm-hmm. uh and on the exact date uh so i was like oh yeah. maybe i'll throw an anniversary party for losing my virginity and he was like you should just do a show about it and then like was like well you know could you do it with this budget which is like yeah yeah. Doing a show with a budget is right. uh, that you're not paying for. It was is like great. Not, it was nothing, but I was like, all I needed for the show was like a my size Barbie and a bunch of meat and like a tarp <laughs> and soda. And I was like, this is I could do this pretty cheap. And he was like, sure, great, yeah, just have. And so we got the space together, and then I did it for the first time on August fifteenth of this year, mm-hmm. and which is the date so you lost your virginity. Yeah, 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 August fifteenth, two thousand ten. How, how do you forget. remember the the date? Did you have it written down I, somewhere or have you just always known? It was, I've always known. I've always known. I don't know why I've always known. I've always known. It was yeah. important. It was really important to me uh, to lose my virginity before my 18th birthday. And so, and that was like, that date is three days before I turned 18. And so it was like very down to the wire, mm-hmm. <laughs> critical that I, uh, so, so yeah, I, I did, I ended up sort of like writing a small show around it and have been 
modifying it ever since. Why was it so important for you to lose your virginity before you were 18? Well, I think there's a lot of interesting answers. Oh, my God. Uh, I I think, like, I truly was, I first of all, I was a very paranoid child, and I was convinced I was the only virgin left in the entire world. (laughs) Like, everyone had fucked except for me. You're passing a playground, but like, oh, man, all those kids probably fucked already. Unbelievable that these kids are more sexually active (laughs) than me. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I, that whole, like, not being an adult virgin thing, uh, uh real, and this was, like, also right before I went to college, and I don't know. It was just, like, it, it was weirdly important to me. And I think, I mean, it had, like, some stuff to do with, like, the TV I would watch, and, like, I remember, but also it just, I don't, I, you know, I, I've sort of been trying to, with the show, sort of trace back why it was so important to me, but it was. Um, I remember thinking that Roy Gilmore was a loser for losing her virginity when she was 19. I'm like, we can do better than that. We can, <laughs> we can expedite that. Um, I, I mean, I love Roy Gilmore, but I'm like, yeah. maybe you should have had sex with Jess. Meanwhile, I've had a comedian two. on here, Angela Cobb, who like she lost her virginity when she was 25. Which is totally fu- like I, but at the when I was but seventeen, teen year old you was like, what a dork! A very, I it was like one thousand percent just personal insecurity of, <laughs> and then I found out later that like I actually uh, beat most of my friends to the punch, and I was yeah. just a uh, psychotic, paranoid, uh, thinking everyone was fucking. They're like, no, we yeah, we had sex our sophomore year in college. It's yeah. like, oh well. Uh, I'll just go fuck myself. Like, great, excellent, yeah. great. I'll go Thank fuck you. myself or someone else if I can. Congratulations on um, being emotionally healthy. Yeah. <laughs> like, great job. I, I've been citing this study for years because I can't find it again, but I swear it exists. But they they did a study like years ago uh, amongst college kids, mm-hmm. and they said like how I think maybe it was like amongst college freshmen. I was like, how much sex do you think uh, everyone else on campus is having? Oh, that's And then they would be like, say one thing, and they say, well, how much sex are you having? And universally this the the answer everyone thought there was more sex happening than actually was happening always yeah. always yeah the the world has to stay on alert i think that it's like not i well maybe this isn't true i think it's like not a bad thing that everyone thinks everyone else is fucking all the time keeps you on your toes yeah keeps you operating at the, like the top of your game <laughs> you're just like well keeps I you sh- activated right it keeps yeah. you fully activated and ready to go at any moment like i'm just like i have to do a good job at this show because everyone's having sex and and you know i want i want in <laughs> you want you want in on the sex i want in on yeah oh. sex and thriving i want in on that it's very so it's i got to do good at my job so i can ha- have sex and thrive right right <laughs> cuz as a woman in america like how on earth are you possibly going to get sex if you don't like succeed at your job that's oh, i don't know how <laughs> y'all would do it what it's unbelievable i yeah so uh so yeah that's the that's the one woman show i'm going to sure keep Keep doing it, yeah. Because I well, yeah, because I get to do it with my with my friend Stephen too. Um, I co-host it with the guy I lost my virginity to. Wow, he, is he a comedian? No, no, no he's, he's a, just a guy. He's a man. He's just a man. He's just a man in a location. He's the he's genuinely the great. Like, um, I'm still not totally sure like why he's so like down cool. to participate, but he uh, yeah, I dated him from. I mean, I've known him since fourth grade. Right. We dated from senior year of high school, and we dated for, jeez, uh, three and a half years. Um, lots of virginity together, the whole bit. And he was uh, in the Navy, and now he lives in Pearl Harbor. And he's like a submarine captain <laughs> with the Navy, right? We're and recording this on Pearl Harbor Day. We oh, today shit. is December seventh. 
Oh, or shit. whatever, yeah. I don't know shit about this. Is why it didn't work out. Okay, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I should text uh, him. Uh, I should text him. Happy Pearl. No, not Happy, happy. Pearl. <laughs> I don't know. He's happy probably, Navy nine eleven. He's probably busy doing Pearl Harbor things today. Things. I don't know what he would be doing. But if it makes you feel better, I only know because it was top trending on Twitter today. So that's the only reason I remembered. I, I would have totally forgotten otherwise. I can't believe I monopolized his night before Pearl Harbor. I mean, I don't know. Is he crying? Like, I don't know. I don't know what the vibe is there in that day. It was a long time ago. I don't know. I'm very stressed out. Now. Clearly. I hope Stephen's okay. Oh, well, I hope Stephen's okay, too. He, we weren't there, but he's lived there for a year. And so I asked him if he wanted to Skype in because I only thought I was going to do the show one time. Mm. Um and then it went well and people enjoyed it. And so I rewrote it and was like, do do it again like because he works days and then is sort of just like in his apartment on pearl harbor at night and i was like do you have doing pearl harbor things totally i like could not tell you what he does because i'm a bad friend but he will uh usually uh skype in for the shows and just uh give some live commentary and he's i mean he's super funny he's just Mm. um you know, he's also a submarine captain with a little bit of extra time every once in a sure. while. He's the greatest. Yeah. Oh, man. What if there's like a what if there's another Pearl Harbor while you're doing the Skype in and he's like, I got to go or someone <laughs> Pearl or, under siege. Or I have to go or even better. Uh, the captain's like, we got to go. We're under siege. He's like, no, no, no I got to finish this show. Um, I'm actually at a gig right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the show must go on. It's awesome that he's like down to do that my he's my, great the yeah. woman who took my virginity not so not so easy sell i don't know if I, i've <laughs> ever told you the premise of this show but tip um it started as and now i do it like half the time it's i typically talk to women i've hooked up with about mm-hmm. sex dating and why we didn't work out oh okay right cool. so uh i've been trying to get this woman on the show and she won't she's, do it she is wishy washy she like first it was okay. no first it was uh, maybe then it was no again maybe then then the uh, so the new york post wanted to do like a series basically doing what i do with everyone who like people who lost their virginities to each other i or whatever yes, uh, yeah yeah uh, uh and uh and they we contacted her for that and she was previously going to do the podcast. Then we said, would you be on video? And then that scared her completely off. So I'm back to square one with her. That's fair. I like I've been I mean, I have a lot of questions for Stephen that I'm afraid to ask because I'm like, maybe he just hasn't thought of it. And if I bring this up, he won't do the show anymore where like I'm just like, is this OK with Navy? that you are going in public all the time? Uh, Naval captain. And saying that you know you you fucked some lady, uh, I guess that's fine. Like I've I've sort of brought that up before, and he's like, I don't know what the rule against that would be. I was like, oh, maybe we'll just be the reason that the rule exists. Like yeah. that that could be a fun <laughs> that could be a fun rule. Sure. Um, but yeah, he's he's been very he's I mean he's always just been the nicest, uh, and so he continues to be nice five years after we dated right that's yeah. that's amazing that's awesome yeah yeah what uh are do you still get nervous that you're not like fucking as much as other people is that still like an anxiety no. thing for you or you grew out of that yeah i mean the second i started having sex i'm like oh this is 
<laughs> You're okay. like, I was stressed out about this. Right. Yeah. No, uh, since then it was, uh, you know, the ebbs and flows are, are, are good by me. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't worry about it too much. I do have like some recurring like stress thoughts about like, I don't know. I have, I have OCD. And so there's a lot of like sometimes my head will just repeat the same thing. And so like lists work really well for me. Mm -hmm. And one of the lists I have imprinted onto my brain is the in order. And this probably connects to why my, the day I lost my virginity too, is just like tattooed in my brain. But like I can sequentially name all the men I've had sex with in order. And sometimes we'll just do it to like, fall asleep yeah. you know uh and so i i used to have these stress dreams that they would all get uh brunch together and then <laughs> i would like discover them and they would all be together and they would be like giggling and i'd be like what and they'd be like nothing and i'd be like what are they all giggling about um but i don't have that dream as much now oh wow oh, as much now <laughs> it's very strange well, well, every once in a while well, sometimes if like well yes like if i have like a whatever someone i've been like hooking up with for a while like they'll just be added to the dream and then it's like well now they're at the, they have the new seat now at the he's table giggling and it's like what is he laughing about it started as like a bo- as like a as like a booth in the diner but now it's like a big long you know the last supper table now there's like different tables oh wow so now you're it's just a you're, restaurant it's like a real, you have your own little restaurant it's like a bistro people, don't a go bistro. crazy it's like a bistro <laughs> it's like that small outdoor bistro and there's a table for heroes and a table for villains oh. and in my head the villains this has not appeared in a dream but it's just something i've sure. thought about in my spare time yeah. uh the heroes, well, not hero, but the people who I don't take issue with, they all sit together. They have a lovely meal. They get outdoor seating. They get outdoor seating. Mm-hmm. They well, they all get outdoor seating, but oh. it's a little bit overcast, and okay. they have a heater. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the villains do not have a heater, nor do they have an umbrella. It's not raining, but it's threatening to rain. <laughs> it's in the air, you can smell it. Their hands are tied behind their back. Their faces are in hot bowls of gruel. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and one of them has to. And if they don't, if one of them doesn't manage to venmo me using only his nose uh by the end of the meal uh they they're killed uh wow <laughs> they get That's, killed. don't don't cross don't cross you okay the, vi- the villain's table is really high stakes <laughs> but, but oh the other God. guy's table is actually probably very nice yeah. you know i'd love to hear what they have to say to each other yeah so many different people so many walks of life you can do that you can Put together, I'm sure it will be happier than when I've done it because uh, we we did a live show where oh my gosh. the live show I, I mentioned before the we started recording was it was me on stage with four of my exes. Oh wow! At okay, the same time heavy. How was it? Uh, Izzy, how was it? Loved it. And Izzy, why did you love it? <laughs> they loved each other. They really helped each other. <gasps> and each other. Oh, and, and who did they hate? Well, no. that's like, I mean, sometimes you need a common enemy to just rally around. Good for them. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Billy didn't need a hug afterwards at all. It was okay. No, Billy, <laughs> Billy had to go on a long walk and think about what he'd done. <laughs> that was brutal and so weird because like when I have like them on one-on-one, it's mm-hmm. typically like neutral to like great. Uh, it's not usually super contentious, right. but all four together. That's, oh boy, that's a lot. Oh All boy. like serious relationships. Um, a range, oh, okay. like one serious relationship, uh, someone I used to fuck, some mm-hmm. a couple people I just fucked, and a person like okay. a short fizzled out 
dating experience. Okay, so um, there's a lot of different stuff. I'm trying to yeah. get all all the all the fellas together to a bistro. To a yeah, I've been. Well, I wrote something for them, and then I sent it to a few of them. Of like, because it would have to be like a mix of you know, not the villains will not be invited to participate. Ooh. So I'll have to get outside parties to play villains. But for for the regular guys, I'm like, oh, would you like? It would be fun, and then and then I can make my family guess uh, which people have actually fucked and which are uh, strangers I just met. Um, but I mean, I guess that's the pro of dating comics is they're usually like needing a gig. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> like I'm down. Like so, like the role is we had sex and I didn't enjoy it, and they're like, oh, role that they were born to play. Usually, yeah. <laughs> like, as many are. I know you're qualified <laughs> for the position, so. <laughs> we'll see. You want me to send in a tape? No, 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 no need, no need. No, uh, I've Don't got need to it see on that again. Strict recall. Your dog threw up on me oh. <laughs> like, while we were having sex, and you just, were, you just kept going. What was, what was that story? That was oh yeah, this is maybe a little bit too recent. Uh, a little <laughs> real, a little raw. Uh, I, you know, it's just been a weird, yeah, it's been a weird year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah, um, yeah, or I don't know. I was like dating someone and. Yeah, his dog just like th- uh, threw up on me. I think as a displaying of like, hey, that's my friend, not your friend. And I was like, I fine, like take him, like don't throw. <laughs> He's don't not that good. Throw up on me, large dog. It was it was a big dog and nope. a lot of vomit. The, and he kept and he kept having sex with you. Well, I mean, for but you? until he realized, I was just I was fully paralyzed by the fact that I'd just been vomited on by a dog. And where, where on the person are you vomited? It was like. It was a blind spot for him, so it was like on like, like my lower legs. Yeah. Um. And so I had to. So then it's on me to be like, hey, um, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> your dog just <laughs> threw up a bunch of meat on me, and I don't want to continue. <laughs> um. So that was not. That wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. Definitely not. But you know what are you gonna do i'd be worried if it was the best i was like and that i realized in that moment i realized a new kink which is <laughs> to letting duck throw up on me Ugh. during i don't know so uh so that that that's a fun anecdote that i have time for the fan whore appreciation moment sponsored by coke zero yes uh well unofficially sponsored by coke zero i've been drinking more coke zero than diet pepsi lately but you know, who knows? Uh, whichever one wants to pay me first, that's going to be my my drink. What's up? This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank uh, a, a few members of my fan whore community on Patreon, which is, of course, a uh, great combination of Kickstarter and like a monthly fan club subscription. It's a great way to both support the podcast and gain access to a whole load of bonus content. So right now, I want to say uh, thank you to Liz R., uh, in Oklahoma, where the fan whores pledge. I hope you're enjoying the show out there. Uh, sh- thank you so much to Duncan uh, from the Naughty Jewish Boys. Yeah, he makes a yearly, like, I guess, calendar with uh, with Jewish men in skimpy clothing. So, you- And you can check that out at, at NaughtyJewishBoys.com. Uh, and then finally, I want to say thank you to LaRue. Who I know nothing about. This person has given me no information. I, I tried to translate uh, Rue from French. Let's just say I think it, it, it's kink or BDSM related. 
but thank you to all of you and to all of my fan whores on Patreon. And you too can become a member for as little as $1 per month. Oh, what a joy. What a, what a cheap way to support the podcast that shows up on your phone every Wednesday. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash podcast. But now let's get back to me and Jamie Loftus. <laughs> Why else was it so such a rough year? And I'm assuming a rough year in like dating or just a rough year. Look, it's been a rough year for like all of us. For, I, like. I mean, everything but. is extremely painful. <laughs> I don't even think it was a rough year. I think it was just kind of like interesting where yeah. I before like the past year, year and a half, I've never been uh, like single as an adult ever. So it's been kind of just a lot of like. I don't know. Like, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. And it's also nice to have time to figure my own shit out. I, you know, I raised a sweet little hamster and then she fucking died on me. So that was that was maybe worse than any relationship. That was my worst relationship of this year. Yeah. My hamster fucking bailing fucking on this selfish. mortal coil. Yeah. A little stupid bitch <laughs> there. So, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it's been it's been just like a weird year mm-hmm. where I've never like i'd never like casually dated people before and like navigating that and actually figuring out that that is sometimes better or depending on where you're at and yeah i just uh it was a it was a learning year it was a learning year for jamie yeah how how is the learning to navigate casual sex or casual relationships or uh, like because that can be fucking brutal or people fucking thrive in it there is i mean i think this time last year was like one of i think the first time i was really doing that in earnest and it was like it was like a long distance thing and there's and i was at that time like hardwired to like i'd only done relationships and i knew that i didn't want one but it was hard to like untrain my brain to be like no you don't want this because you know you can know that objectively but then once once you're like but we text so much like it's so figuring that out was like the first time i i was like i'm casual jamie now i'm cool uh that was hard because i'm not cool uh and and also i think like ultimately i do i'm more of a relationship person but it's i'm glad Mm. that i have the experience of navigating it now because it wasn't so bad and it's also like you know like you can stay friends with someone you don't have to the way like when some relationships end you're just like oh we can we can never speak again and we hate each other and this is horrible where it's like yeah you can like have sex with someone and also uh you know not have to know about their day-to-day life and you can just be their friend and that's that was truly a revelation did not realize it was possible the 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 guy who kept who was having sex with you after your his dog threw up on you are you still Mm -hmm. friends we are still friends that's great i saw him last week fantastic yeah yeah. Do you guys still fuck? No. 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 We was don't. that like the last time though? That was. Okay. Yeah. Hundred percent was. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. There were other there were other like uh incompatibilities, but that was just I was like, well, this is a fun night to go out on, you know. Like, All right. this is, so yeah, we uh we called it there. All right. Well, Jamie, I I was are you down to do a little bonus episode? I was I thought it would be fun. I think it would be good uh for like one of my 
podcast to pass the Bechdel test oh. by just taking me out of it. Okay. Uh, so I was going to have Izzy here. <gasps> yeah. Do like a little 10, 20 minutes with you, a little Patreon bonus episode. That I, cool? I love that. All right. In the meantime, uh, where can people find you? Where can they buy that calendar? Oh, they their Stedman calendar. Je- Jeffrey calendar. The, the Stedman and Jeffrey calendar you can get on, uh, I think, through my website, jamieloftisisinnocent.com. Jamie. <laughs> Okay. Um, and- if you ever quit comedy and you just get accused of murder, you don't have to change the URL. That's pretty great. It's actually a super handy. Yeah, I've used it for a bunch of different stuff. Uh, uh, I'm on Twitter at Hamburger Phone, Instagram, Jamie Christ Superstar. And yeah. And yes. check out the Bechdel, and the Bechdel cast. cast. Yeah. Right. Um, that's at, at Bechdel cast on Twitter. And we release episodes every Thursday. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, uh, I'm going to get my big, fat, dumb man face out of here, and I'll get Izzy on. But in the meantime, why don't you say everybody, uh, say goodbye to everyone. Bye. Oh, boy. Jamie, uh, Jamie even forgot. She has so many things to plug. She even forgot this new one that she actually ends up plugging in the bonus episode. Jamie's got a new uh, cartoon series out on YouTube called Rat Teens. About conjoined rat tw- twin teenagers. Look, the intern as he says it's very funny. I encourage y'all to check it out on the YouTubes. And of course, there'll be a link in the show notes. Right. Here's what's not in the show notes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Billy Uh say hello. Say what you thought about the show. Use the hashtag manwhorepodcast so I can find you. Uh, I do encourage you all to go like the Man Whore Podcast on Facebook. Uh, we're doing the final Fan Whore Facebook Live Hangout of the year this Saturday, December 30th at noon Eastern Time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be streaming live on my way up to Mohegan Sun to do the show. Uh, I'll be doing that from the car. Join the conversation with your fellow Fan Whores on the Man Whore Podcast subreddit. There are individual comment threads for every episode, and I also think of it kind of like an archive of all the relevant links that you need to get more Billy in your life. For all you Redditors, it's r slash Podcast. Last but not least, please, I don't want to say pretty please and beg, I'm just going to tell you that if you want to win a Stay Slutty button, I highly recommend you go fill out this brief survey at manwhorepod.com slash Manhorcon. Manhorpod.com slash Manhorcon. If you're listening to this show in 2021, you know, shoot me an email or tweet at me and tell me, like, ah, this is crazy. You said in 2017 to say hi in 2021. The time t- the time space continuum of podcasting is weird. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Stay slutty. <laughs>